Hello everybody, this is Jamie. And this is Heather, and welcome to Using Our Inside Voice, a podcast where we awaken to the extraordinary meaning of everyday mundane life by passing it through a particle collider of different and differing perspectives. Today we're using our inside voice to discuss, well, to continue our discussion on this season of shifts. Yes, ma'am. I'm and so it, tired from I shifting. I bet you are. I bet you are. Oh my gosh. So tired. Tired of shifting. Tired from shifting. Can we please stop shifting? I'm looking no. forward to the results of the shifting, but I'm not <laughs> happy doing the shifting. I I hear you. I hear you. And it's funny because I was thinking about, so if you follow us on Instagram, we, uh, we post really every day. And basically the way the posts work is that unless we're doing something like a Oracle reading, Heather creates some really amazing artwork and Thank sometimes you. she's Thank doing you. the, you're welcome. You are doing <laughs> an awesome job. Um, it's adorable and I love it. Uh, so usually Heather is creating some really awesome artwork for us and sometimes she's contributing the text, but most of the time it's me taking whatever that artwork is and then adding music to it and text to it. Um, and it was funny because, and, and usually she'll give it to me like the day before is when I'll get the artwork to, uh, to do the post. And so she sent me the artwork for yesterday's post, uh, or for today's post yesterday evening. And it was pretty funny because we were just in the middle of my husband and I were out doing errands yesterday. And in the morning he came to me and he said, I have this project and I want to record something. Can you help me record since you have the whole setup? for the podcast and everything. I'm like, yeah, sure. Not a problem. So we get home, we get done sorting out our, our stuff from running errands and I get her post and I'm like, cool, I got it. Everything looks good. And I look at the art and I'm like, Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. I, I, I could do something with that. And I start setting things up for my husband to record his little <laughs> project that he needed to record. <laughs> and it's really not supposed to be, something like major it's it it was it should have been a fairly simple deal so I come over to the computer and I turn everything on and bring up the the program that I was going to have him record and and set him up I'm like well here you go everything's turned on just you know follow the screen press the button do your thing and press stop when you're done it's that simple <laughs> so I'm sitting next to him on the couch and he starts doing his thing and he he stumbles a couple of times and I'm like okay well press pause or stop and then you know since you're going to reset anyway why don't you listen back to what you just recorded and he's like okay I can do that so he's got headphones on and I I'm watching him <laughs> press the buttons and he presses play, but I'm hearing it faintly. And I'm like, where, where is the, do you have that turned up really loud? Like what's good Lord? Like how, how loud do you need that in your headphones? He's like, I can't hear anything through the headphones. I'm like, wait a second. 
well, why is that happening? This should not be happening. Because I, I, I had checked our settings. It was supposed to be going through the external mic as he was recording, and he should have been hearing it through the headphones. And yet it was coming out of the regular computer speaker. And I'm like, that is incorrect. <laughs> so move aside. Let me see what's happening here. And I'm checking all the settings. All the settings are correct. And I'm like, this is really weird. So I stop it several times, turn it back, play it again. And not only am I only hearing it through the computer speakers, but it sounds really faint and like not good quality. And I'm like, well, this is bullshit because you're recording through the mics. I know what they sound like. It's it should be spot on anyway i push him aside and i start looking at all the things and i start realizing that the system that i usually use for editing which you can also use to record and it's just not set up to use in like a podcast capacity um all of a sudden will not record using the external mic and will not put sound through the headphones so i'm i'm very slowly transitioning into meltdown phase as i'm like okay let me tinker with this and try to make it work and i'm doing all the things that i know how wait, to do wait, wait. to fix what did it feel like to slowly transition into meltdown phase what were you like cuz because i think a lot of people miss it i think that you're conscious when it's happening now and that's because you've done a lot of work to become conscious of it's when true. that's happening so what does it feel like to slowly transition into meltdown phase it's surely it's got to be a simple fix. It's got to be a simple fix. Talking Somewhere yourself out just, of gaslighting. Yeah, there's just, there's just <laughs> a box. There's just a box somewhere that didn't get clicked. It's got to be a simple thing. And then as I'm going through all those checkpoints and none of those things are helping. Now things are starting to fall apart. And I can just feel the little like cartoon spring. Spoing, 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 kind of happening. The little gears are shooting at my head, <laughs> and smoke is starting to fizzle into the air. And, and how does it the feel? nostrils how does it feel are getting in the body? flared. How does and it in feel the in the body? It feels like anger and frustration yeah. uh -huh. and a little but, bit but, of panic. Right. But what does it feel like? Like physically, what did it feel like? It feels like getting very hot yeah. yeah like throughout my body like i'm feeling like like you flush steam is being <laughs> generated and is now being ex exuded from my body i am feeling all the things that make one sweaty is starting to happen and i am now starting to sweat and and the other portion of this was knowing that either today or in a day or so from now, we were going to record this episode. And now I'm starting to think, well, if there's a problem with this, there might be a problem with either us recording or me editing the recording, because how am I supposed to edit a recording that I can't hear through headphones? That makes no sense to me. It's very difficult to pick up on all the subtleties that you don't want in there if you can't hear it through a set of headphones right. and and you know my can i can feel you know like almost that feeling that you get when you're over caffeinated when you're overstimulated mm -hmm. that kind of feeling 
in the body that kind of like jittery nervous just not nice feeling and i'm like okay i immediately texted heather and i'm like all right i'm super pissed i'm in meltdown mode uh i need to figure this shit out because all of a sudden audacity will not let me play anything through headphones and i can't edit that way and rah 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 um well and basically i I mean it was just such perfect timing because the meme Mm -hmm. that we posted today was danielle de barbarac from ever after and it's the just breathe a classic i mean anyone who loves that movie knows that scene so well it's been memed eight bajillion times but it just seemed fitting and i sent it to her while the humor was not lost on us (laughs) just prior to the meltdown and she gets this picture glittering on her phone just breathe and she's like i can't breathe like i can't breathe right now (laughs) stop telling me what to do stop telling me what to do i'm pouring sweat this morning Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. And I did figure it out. It it took me about four videos to figure out what the combination of issues was. And I I was able to fix it. Problem solved. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. Everything is fine. Here we are recording now. Right. And but this morning, as I was uh, getting ready to, to actually do the post, I was, of course, laughing at myself in reference to last night. And us having a good chuckle over, hey, look at your timing. This was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I reminded myself because I'm like, oh, what kind of music do I want to use? Do I want to use the same music that they used during that scene? And then I had to remind myself of the music that was used during that scene. So I played it for myself. And I'm like, oh, oh, there are layers to this post. Hold on a second. Because I forgot that although she's glittering and beautiful and there's you know she's had her shit together fairly well up to this point now stuff has gone awry but she's been able to very neatly package all of her issues in a way that she was able to manage up to this point and and came away with you know glittering makeup and these cute little fairy wings and this lovely little dress and making her grand entrance into the ball where she, you know, dips her head for a moment and has that very iconic, just breathe to herself (laughs) before she, before the shit hits the fan. And I started laughing and I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. This is where everything goes to hell in a handbasket for her. Like really like within a couple of seconds, just everything bombs. And Yet, the cool thing is that on the other end of that, she is able to really shine. She's able to connect with her power and kind of decide, you know, this is unacceptable, the turn that this has taken, and I'm not going to stand for it. (laughs) I will slit you from navel to nose. I'm going to I'm going to take care of this business. And what she really doesn't realize is that in the background, she has collected all these allies along the way who are putting things really in place for her to succeed. And it was a really great analogy for what happens with the universe when we are going through periods of shift and transformation and shit hitting the fan. 
It's, uh, you know, we have resources that we can tap into that sometimes we don't even realize are there. And I kind of thought that this would be kind of a neat opportunity to talk about that a little bit and kind of talk about what we do, because I think between the two of us, like you tend to be a lot better at coming up with a really nice, simple ritual that works well for you that you can do consistently I tend to not be as great at the simple, consistent things, <laughs> but I, I'm a trier yeah. <laughs> and I like, and a collector of, of different, you know, aspects and, and ways to do things. And um, I think it's fun to kind of explore that a little bit. For me and, at, at a certain point, there came a time where I was just really starting, not even starting. I had sunk myself deeply into the connection with my guides and they were talking to me loud and clear. And once that connection was forged, uh, the collecting that I had been doing, I realized I just realized as you were speaking, I didn't realize it then. All I knew then was that I didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want mm. to dabble anymore. I didn't have, and it's not because I, I, I don't want to do that. It's that I didn't have any motivation. I didn't have any desire. There was no drive to continue being creative with the rituals and, and digging into the magic and the tools and collecting things. It didn't inspire me in the same way. And it was almost like someone... It wasn't almost like it was exactly like someone just flipped a switch. Like all of a sudden it was turned off. And at the time I was like, but can't I have it just a little because it connects me to kind of a community of people who are doing the same thing. So can't I at least, you know, appreciate that they're doing it and, and no, I couldn't even appreciate other people doing it. I just walked into spaces that were filled with crystals and all this. And I was like, why though? What are we doing? You know, and, and I didn't mean to be judgy about it. I just was trying to navigate that sudden shift within myself and figure out mm -hmm. what happened. Like yesterday I was super witchy and today I'm like, I don't need any of that shit. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> has your ego run away with you? And I'm like, no, it's not, it's not my ego. And I just realized while you were talking, now this happened like four years ago, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I kept waiting for it to come back. I was like, maybe I just burned myself out. Maybe I'm just like, you know, I need a break from the crystals and the spells and the, you know, it's not that I didn't use them at all, but it was, the difference was so, such a stark contrast. I mean, night and day difference between, oh my gosh, that smells so good. I have to have it for this. And oh my gosh, let's go to the beach and do a ritual. And, oh my gosh, you know, all of that Stevie Nicks witch stuff, <laughs> mm -hmm. all of a sudden just fell off a cliff and it was, I'm going to light a candle and sage myself and talk to my guides. The end, moving on, you know, clap the hands, the dirt off the hands and we're done for the day. And I realized while you were talking that I had gotten to a point where my consciousness had shifted in such a way that doing all of that made me... Um, I had to agree to become less conscious so that I could achieve what I was trying to achieve through those 
making me conscious rituals. Does that make sense? Like I, I actually had to step back because I had come to a place where I was in constant connection with my guides. They were constantly talking to me. They were constantly giving information. And I didn't realize that that was where I wanted to be. And I had arrived. Mm -hmm. And so every time- It was more of a distraction at that point. Yeah, it made me less conscious. Sure. And I was like, well, damn, but it was taking up so much of my time. Like happily, it was such a happy distraction. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it was just, boop, lights out, gone. You don't need it anymore. And I'm like, what am I going to do with myself now? (laughs) (laughs) It left an emptiness. And that was, and there you go, transitioning into another time of shift, just like I'm transitioning now. Yeah. So not a coincidence. but that was for your benefit. I mean, even all though all shifts are all shifts are exactly, you know, and and recognizing because the it's like let's let's think about, you know, what happened initially. I'm sure you felt a little bit of disassociation. I felt I'm sure you felt a little bit of well, now I'm kind of alone in a pocket over here and yeah, how isolation. do I connect with any of these people again i'm i'm isolated and you know do i want to spend that much time with just me am i okay with that you know that's a lot of people go through these things naturally and i think they end up feeling like guilty or like they're doing something wrong or like they um you know like they didn't give it their best go and they're like you know, wussing out or something when a shift like that comes along and it couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, you, you got, you have to follow the path that's correct for you in that moment. And I'm sure it's difficult when you have, you know, like you take the two of us and you're very simple about it. Not, not that I can't be simple about it, but I, thoroughly enjoy looking into all of the options and seeing if there's anything else that I want to try connecting with. That's just a part of my makeup well, and the part that's of how you play. what I like to do. That is how I play. Yeah. That is my opportunity for play. So, you know, we do that portion a little bit differently, but it's always nice to see, you know, when we have moments where we get stuck, I feel like it's, fun for us to kind of come to each other and go okay so like what do you do mm-hmm. and sometimes you'll give me something that's like a really simple tool mm-hmm. and I'm like okay I'll try that and sometimes it's like really awesome and sometimes I'm like yeah that doesn't work for me <laughs> but that's fine and sometimes mm-hmm. you do the same thing it's like well what do you do and I may have something a little more complex than what you would normally do and you're like I wouldn't normally do that mm-hmm. and you'll do it and sometimes it works and sometimes it's like nah I don't want to do that much Mm-hmm. But you'll come up with your own thing out of that. And it's nice sure. to have that kind of back and forth where you're like, you know, well, this is what I do, but I don't know if it's going to work for you and it's going to be really different, but maybe you need something different today. You never know. And it's nice to explore those things. So, yeah. you know, this is a, a fun time to kind of dip your toes in the water of, you know, if you've if you've had something that's worked for you for a long time, but it's not working anymore, 
it's like, well, go out and play with something different. So if you're a person that normally has to have, you know, kind of like a big to do, you know, a ritual, a big ritual, or especially right now, because so many people, I think, feel like, oh, it's spooky season. Like I need to, I need to be fully immersed in it. I need to like be dripping from head to toe in orange and black. And I want (laughs) to do all the spooky things, but you really have to be mindful of your own energy and where you're at right now. And if your energy is telling you pull back a little bit, sometimes it's hard to do that when your mind is like, but, but I want, I want to have fun with everybody else. And that means that I'm not going to have fun. That's not what that means. Mm-hmm. It just means watch your own energy and f- try to figure out, you know, edit, edit your schedule a little bit, edit your thinking of what it means to be involved. And, you know, maybe your version of being spooky this year is spending more time at home watching spooky things on Netflix and, you know, inviting someone over for, you know, popcorn and, and just chilling on the couch instead of I'm going to go to, you know, all the hunts and uh, be out all night and feel like crap the next morning. Something interesting is coming through. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that before we, work to become conscious on our own, the way we are made conscious is through contrast, right? So if we are experiencing something and we're just going along and we get trapped in a cycle or trapped in the routine or comfortable, even you can think of it as just being comfortable, life will bring you something. And and by life, I mean, it's actually you bringing it to you. It's your higher Mm -hmm. self coming through and saying, okay, you're getting too comfortable. You're supposed to be growing. And so here's this thing that's going to wake you up and it's going to be, you know, anything from a tower moment where everything falls apart to, you know, cold water slapped in your face Mm -hmm. and very bracing. And you're like, oh, why? (laughs) Why did, why? (laughs) I was so cozy. I was so comfortable. Now, what we're stepping into as we become conscious of what we want, what we need, what we deserve, what we desire, uh, is we are being faced with a choice to when we get stuck and are longing for some sort of change or momentum, or maybe we don't even, maybe we're not even conscious enough to realize that it's change that we want because change is scary. And so there's still that buildup of resistance to it. Perhaps it's just, I don't know what I want, but this isn't working. Mm -hmm. When you get to that point, try stepping into contrast. And what I mean by stepping into contrast is When you get to the point where you feel like your life is stagnant, think of what you usually do and then step into the energy by doing the opposite. Yeah. Because- Give it a try. Yeah. If you are someone who likes to do all the things all the time, go, 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 try stepping into the energy of someone who becomes the hermit and stays home and figure out what- 
being alone looks like or figure out what being cozy looks like. What does that sound like to you? What does that feel like to you? For some people who are used to spending, you know, night after night in a nightclub or going to the theater all the time or being out even at a shopping mall, for them, being around a lot of energy all the time is normal. So cozy for them might be a small gathering at home with three people. It might feel like abandonment at first. Well, it's going to feel uncomfortable because it's unusual. Mm -hmm. You don't yet have the tools to, if you don't have the tools to figure out what cozy looks like for you and you have to think about that, then it's very possible that doing the work to figure out what that means to you is going to be uncomfortable because you don't even yet have the tools to know what that means. And like, we're that is very, exactly your next mission. <laughs> yeah. And we're very uncomfortable when we don't know what something means. We feel like we are at the mercy of fate, this, this punishing, possibly punishing force. It could reward you or it could punish you. And it's this, this crapshoot. And who wants to be in that position? No one. I don't. I've been in that position for weeks now and I haven't wanted to be in it. But my guides are with me and they kept telling me, you know, you need to do this. That's why you felt the excitement when you first, when, when opportunity arose, you were excited right off the bat. And I couldn't deny it, but I certainly didn't yeah. want it. I didn't want it. Well, and again, let's reiterate, you know, Heather is kind of facing the opposite right now where she has been very comfortable in, in her hermitness. Mm -hmm. I am a is very now good hermit venturing out into the world and being so around much out into the world so much out on center stage so to speak mm -hmm. and and putting yourself out there and how how is that going so far <sighs> really well but it's exhausting it's requiring things of me that i haven't they're tarnished these aspects of myself sure. Ooh, let me cry Ooh, that touched something deep man um They've been unused since friggin' high school, you know? They've, right. um, I think really high school was the beginning of the manifestation of the decline. The actual decline mm -hmm. started in seventh grade. I can pinpoint it, and I've pinpointed it in other episodes. Uh, and then the manifestation of that actual decline happened in high school. Mm. where I went from center stage in the theater to background player. Mm -hmm. And that compounded the stories that caused me to think I'm not good enough to be center stage. This opportunity that I have stumbled upon now is calling me to center stage. I am. It's a one-woman show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a choice but to be center stage. And it is constant interacting with what so far has been very lovely people. But, you know, it, it also was being thrown into the deep end. It was a large crowd for me, considering that I've been a hermit for this long. And I've had the opportunity to really choose who and when I interact with people. And now I still, I'm still choosing, but... It is against my conscious will <laughs> to be out there this much, but it is so necessary for me because I don't stand a chance of 
growing and evolving. And I don't stand a chance of growing and evolving any of my other ventures without polishing up those tools that are still within me, but I don't have a conscious, clear connection to anymore. So have you felt like, um, or have you even explored yet what energy management looks for you right now and how that may be shifting for you since it's such a contrasting situation to what you've been in before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm constantly, constantly, even while I'm doing my thing in the moment, I'm constantly checking in with my energy and seeing what am I picking up? What am I putting out? What am I doing with all of this? And um, I, I, it's going to be a work in progress because I haven't been in this position before. So are you, are you finding anything that is um, helping you to manage like any kind of like overwhelm in the, in the moment? Are you, are you finding yourself in moments of overwhelm right now while you're kind of out there and the moments of overwhelm come when I have a moment of silence for my thinking mind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's where the trouble comes in. It's only the moments of the thinking mind that cause overwhelm. While I am in the moment, as long as I'm staying in the moment, and this is not revelatory for anyone listening, when you are in the moment, you're fine. That moment has Mm -hmm. you cradled. And all you have to do is be passed from cradling hands to cradling hands to cradling hands by staying in that moment. The second I start to think or worry or wonder if I'm doing well, if I'm doing it right, if I'm keeping my time management correct, if I'm any of those organizational administrative Mm -hmm. duties will kick me over into my thinking brain. And as soon as I'm kicked over into my thinking brain, I lose all connection with everything else and everything comes to a grinding halt. Got it. So the trick is for you right now, really just to stay in that moment as much as possible and not allow the thinking mind to take over. Yeah, fucking surrender. Yeah, not worry too much about what's coming next, but realizing that right in this space at this moment, you're fine. Everybody's Mm -hmm. with you. You're fully supported. And that and it's it's true. That is usually where we will stub our toe in in these types of shifts and moments of growth is when we are not allowing ourselves the space to just be supported by the moment you have to allow it mm-hmm. and and I'm I can raise my hand and say that I am probably one of the at least initially I was one of the worst people in in this regards as far as not just allowing myself to be with whatever it is again I've said multiple times before that I I tend to be a fix it type personality I want to immediately jump in and and fix it because I will generally see things like that as a, oh, there's something wrong. And most of the time there is nothing wrong. Nothing's wrong. Nothing has actually happened. You are not being chased by a lion. You are, you know, a, a crowd of angry people with pitchforks is not coming after you. You know, you're not about ready to be, you know, beheaded you're you're fine and i and she's laughing and i bring these things up because it's also not lost on me that 
through doing things like regression, I have realized that I have actually faced (laughs) a lot of these situations in my previous lifetimes. And it's always funny to me that when I'm observing it, it's very like, you know, I'm sitting there like eating popcorn, watching the movie going, wow, cereal? Like, that's crazy. But I've been through it enough times now to where I'm not affected by it because I realize, well, you know, your soul's still here. You're still carrying on. You're still <laughs> experiencing things. You're fine. You were fine okay. then. So question for you. So when you first started going through it, because now you say you've been through it enough times to where it doesn't affect mm-hmm. you. What did it, what, how did it affect you when you first started experiencing your past life memories? I'm trying to think of how many times I've done this now. I, I, I think more times than we can count. I don't recall. But I want to say maybe the first three sessions that we had, it was such a crazy feeling to be actually faced with those things and feeling it because I really felt it. Like I was going through all of the things that the me in that moment went through. So I could feel the pain or the sadness or the anger or the frustration of that portion of me. Um, and I think the reason why it was so profound and seemed so heavy is because I probably hadn't experienced it, like truly allowed the feelings of that, whatever that was to sink in either in the moment or in times afterwards when those lessons came back around, maybe in a slightly different way. But, you know, when I was showed that again, I would kind of go into pilot, you know, autopilot and, you know, snap into, well, let's go into just getting through it mode. Let's just soldier on. Let's just get through it. Even if it was, even if it was, you know, being hung or, or in the (laughs) guillotine, it was like, well, this is a thing that's happening. Let's just disassociate and and let it happen disassociate and let it happen right but there was something that helped that happened within that space of disassociation that kind of um would carry on into future lifetimes until i had the opportunity to go wait let's just feel it right let just let it happen and that really is like you can't get away from it you can't get away mm-hmm. from it. And that's why something like um, journeying or past life regression is so valuable because what's happened, and again, we've said this in other episodes, but it's going to keep coming up because it's the work that we're all expected to do. We're all expecting it of mm-hmm. ourselves and we're all doing it for each other. And the truth of the matter is, is that uh, we're bringing in all of this, these crumbs that are packed in suitcases with us into this particular part of the timeline into this life that we're living that happens in this part of this timeline because the energy is asking you to release those crumbs. And a lot of the crumbs, you've done so much work to release what those crumbs were attached to, Mm -hmm. but you haven't yet released the crumbs. And those crumbs happened when 
the traumatic times happened in those past lives and you disassociated in order to get through it, you have to come back down here and experience it in the body. And experiencing it in experiencing it in the body is no fun. It's not fun, but we can't, we can't disconnect. We came down here for a holistic experience, meaning that our spirit and the experiences that our spirit has also need to pass through the filter of the body. Just like the light that we are, we're white light when we're unified. We come into these bodies, the bodies act like prisms. They divide our light, which is why the rainbows are represented, the chakras are represented as rainbow colors. Mm -hmm. And all of it has to pass through the filter of the body in order to come back out and unify once more. If it doesn't pass through the filter of the body, then you are missing bits and pieces of understanding that you came down here to get. You're not fully integrated. Right. And and that's, you know, it it sucks because <laughs> your your first inclination is always going to be run. <laughs> run, don't do it. Like opposite direction full speed ahead it's a trap. let's bolt 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 <laughs> abort 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 and yet you will always find that the more you do that the more those things are just going to keep happening you're going to be like mm-hmm. what the hell like i just went through something crazy like that why am i going through it again and it's like well were you super reactive in that moment and wouldn't actually allow that thing to like happen and really take place or, um, you know, or were you able to sit with it, observe it, be a little less reactionary and just kind of see it from a perspective of what, what can I learn about myself here? Or what can I learn about others here? Or do I have space in my heart right now to just send love to that thing? And not see it so much as an enemy. You know, none of those formulations will ever work for me. And the reason is because they're too, they're too in the thinking mind. I think that when you are faced with abject fear and terror uh, and PTSD type reactions, the only thing you need to do is, can I cry about this right now? That's good. Can one. I let myself cry? Because, you know, you're not trying to think through it. You're not trying to learn from it. You're trying to release it. And those are two very different energies. And I would much rather release and then think. Because if I try to think and then release, it's not going to happen. So when I'm feeling feeling terror, I cry. And if I don't think I can cry or I'm too wound up, I'm too tightly wound to cry, I will put in a movie that makes me cry. Boy, did I do that the other night. I mean, there are some movies out there that I think in my normal punky sort of razor's edge pocket that I like to sit in, I would never admit to watching these movies. But I know that if I put in certain movies, I will freaking lose my heart like I will just bleed out on my bed like a blithering mess and I put in the other night I can't believe I'm admitting this to people I watched hope floats even I am surprised at that one and I I love that movie for when I am feeling like I really 
I know that here's the thing, and I'm going to cry just by saying it. When May Whitman, that little girl, wants her daddy to take her away and he drives off without her, her tears were so real that it cuts straight through my punk aspects and goes right to my inner child. It and Mushy Gushy over out. here has never seen that movie. I've never watched Hope Floats. Well, I don't know if it'll work for you like it worked for me, but Mae Whitman was a superstar at the very tender age of whatever very tender age she was at. And of course, I love Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick was cute, whatever. I mean, you know, romantic mm -hmm. movie, whatever. That part is all well and good. The point is, is that that movie deals with some very heavy themes that have been in my life and it deals with them in the South, which is also my life. So- Watching that movie has all of the perfect triggers for connecting with my inner child, which is what this has all been about. Those are the tarnished parts of me. Those sure. are the parts that I'm polishing up. Those are the parts that I'm re-embracing. Those are the parts that I'm reintegrating that I had to set aside in order to keep myself safe from <clears throat> what was happening to her back in seventh grade. So that movie went in and I literally didn't know if I would recover. I had no idea it would be that poignant for me this time. Usually it's just like, <laughs> and then the movie's over and there's a happy ending and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm all right. No, no, I was not all right after that movie. I cried the entire night. Like there was no respite after that movie was over. And I was like, wow, I need to really think hard about this the next time I put that movie Oh my gosh, I might not recover. Am I going to be in one piece tomorrow? Like, oh my gosh, I was completely worn out. See, and I will tend to be really emotional in the moment, but I don't always connect with that emotion fully in the body. So I kind of have to like move myself through a couple of things before I get to that point. What and does a that lot mean? of times that looks Whoa. like 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 that will look like things like um like doing a salt bath, like having some sort of physical activity where I really do have to stop whatever I'm doing, go do something else, shift a little bit into not thinking so much and just truly feeling into the moment of relaxation so salt baths so you are, go ahead so you have to you have to physically you have to you have to undertake some physical rituals in order to get yourself into yes. the moment of a physical space yes and connect with that emotion like the emotion will fly that I have no problem with it's not like I sit there and I can't cry or I can't you know I, I can't right connect but it's unconscious but it's not yeah, but well, it's it's conscious, but it's not felt in the physical body necessarily. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I don't always allow my heart space to open up enough to envelop that or or allow my body a moment of rest enough to take it in fully mm -hmm. and be able to process that emotion physically. So something like a salt bath, which is amazing because that salt is also helping us to ground our energy. Um, it's it's great for relaxing our muscles and pulling out um, toxins, pulling out toxins, all of those things. And, you know, generally they say you want to 
give yourself at least 20 minutes. I don't generally will give myself 20 minutes to do anything. <laughs> True. It's it's really hard for me to even though I'm not like I would not consider myself a wildly active, physically active person, but I am a fidgety person and I have a hard time. This is when my Gemini comes out, okay? If you haven't realized already, Heather and I are both Geminis, but we couldn't be, we're either exactly alike in some aspects or we are wildly opposite of each other, mm -hmm. which is perfect. Um, and I am one of those Geminis who really does need those moments of, okay, we're going to have some, some real self time, some real like down time. And if the, and the pattern has been, because I don't always do that, if I haven't taken the time to do that, I'll get sick. Like my, my body will just full on, hey, yeah. uh, lay you out. In. There's been no, uh, no maintenance here. You know, you haven't done your, your oil change or your, you know, like you got to think of it sometimes like you would your car. You know, we're we're really usually good about those types of maintenance moments, but we're not always really great about taking care of ourselves in that way. And something like a salt bath or a and today was actually fun. I picked up yesterday at the Target. Uh, I don't know how many people are familiar with the Dr. Teal's line of products. Dr. Teal does a lot of Epsom salt based, like either bath salts or um, like foaming baths that are Epsom salt based. Mm -hmm. And they're a little on the pricey side for what they are, but they are a great self-care moment that's still pretty inexpensive and simple to get a hold of and easy to do. And it was funny because I had noticed um, this time when I was looking at the options for the different, you know, types that they had there was an option for a uh cannabis sativa hemp oil bath salt from dr Teal's. man nothing can compare to that shit you whip up in your kitchen i'm just saying i i know and i was about to get into that it's like <laughs> now now i i do make my own because i am very kitchen witchy garden witchy in that way she's everything witchy don't be fooled <laughs> i mm -hmm. love but i do love myself some some plant medicine and and it's funny because every time you say the word plant medicine these days i think people will automatically go to oh you're so have doing, you done ayahuasca you're, you're doing <laughs> you're doing ayahuasca or it's a mushroom oh, you're a medicine, <laughs> or you're a pothead or you know which there's nothing wrong with any of those things but no. plant medicine really does incorporate you know if you're drinking herbal tea you're using plant medicine if, yeah. if you're using, you know, if you're going out essential in your garden oils. or essential oils and things like that, you're using plant medicine. Anything that's plant-based, if you're, you know, if you're vegan, you're using plant medicine. Um, it's, it's really nice to connect with nature in that way, especially when you don't always get the opportunity to go physically out into nature. Um, but yeah, I do love making myself, and it was funny because... I always feel like I start making these concoctions in my own kitchen and then a couple months, you know, a couple months later, I'll see them show up on a shelf somewhere and I'm like, trendsetter. See, <laughs> I was cool before the rest of y'all. 
Um, <laughs> but I thought it was funny that they were offering this now. So I wanted to try it. So I actually did that this morning before we started recording. I'm like, I'm going to go take my best salts and I'm going to go have myself a soak. And it's not bad. It was actually pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. The hemp oils, um, which a lot of what you're you're seeing in the products that are coming out now are, are CBD, uh, which you're not going to have any type of uh, psychoactive effects from the cannabis when you're using CBD. You're just taking the cannabidols, um, which are something that's also found naturally in our bodies, but you're enhancing those and those help with things like muscle relaxation and um, a lot of people who have either stomach issues or going through something like cancer really lean on, on the healing effects of that for things like nausea and uh, just, you know, any type of pain reduction, it helps with uh, reducing inflammation and things like that. So it's um, in incredibly beneficial for you. And I, I happen to take my, I, I will go out and actually purchase uh, cannabis flower that has been bred specifically to be CBD only. And I will make my own salves and tinctures and oils. And I have found that if I take, after I strain all the fun stuff out and I'm left basically with the leaves and the herbs and the, the mixture of oils that's left over once you strain it all, I will normally throw that into a bag of Epsom salt. And that shit is the bomb. It is so <laughs> awesome. It's like, oh, yeah, I can relax. <laughs> My, like just everything, every little bit of tension just melts. And I freaking love that. But I also think that it's really nice that if you're, you know, if you can't get a hold of all of that stuff and you don't have the energy to sit in your kitchen and whip that up and wait for that to happen, that you can go to Target and pick up a bag of freaking Dr. Teal's and have yourself a moment for like six bucks. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's, that's, uh, you know, a low investment of your time, uh, not a huge investment uh, out of your bank account, and is still giving you some, some nice healing properties. And while we're talking about this specifically, I also wanted to give a shout out to our friends, the Canna Queens, and the Canna Queens podcast. Um, our friends Ari and Kirsten. I've known Ari for about, God, like seven years now. She's awesome, but they are uh, really great about taking a fun approach to anything cannabis related. So if that is something that interests you and you want to know more and have fun while you're learning, that is a really fun podcast to check out. So go and check them out and you can find them on all the same platforms you find us on. Um, but yeah, you know, like that's another one of those tools that I use to help me get more in touch with, you know, just the physicality of it, which is, that's the part that I have a hard time with. It's like, mm -hmm. you need to really sit with the emotional part. I get the emotional part without getting, the emotional part connected to the physical part. Well, interestingly, 
here's how it usually works for me. Usually I feel it in my body. I go, oh, that's not good. And then I start to feel the emotions. So it's in the right order generally. So it was difficult as you started talking about this a few episodes ago for me to really relate um, Mm -hmm. until I started the process of, well, the way I want to say it is coming out (laughs) again, but, you know, getting prepared for this new venture of mine, um, I realized that, how do I say this? There, I realized actually, as I was walking to the location that I was trying to feel emotion so that I could heal the emotion. I did not mean for that to sound like preacher language, but it is what it is. Um, but I, I was trying, that was the usual thing. Like you feel it in the body and then you connect with the emotion because your body is telling you there's an emotion. And every time I'd feel the panic and anxiety in my body, there was no other message. There was no other emotion. There was no reason to cry it out. There was no message that was being sent. That's when I realized that I was solely, it was solely stuff trapped in the body that was being released. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That what I was going through was not triggering an emotional reaction. It was triggering physical trauma that was still trapped in my body. Yeah, you'd done the emotional side of the work, but you hadn't done mm-hmm. the physical release portion of it. And that's right. where I find myself a lot of the time. Yeah. And it sounds weird to people sometimes because they're like, well, Jesus, I cry at everything or, <laughs> you know, or like, I don't, I don't get what you're talking about. And, and it's true as it is in most things of this nature until you experience it and it clicks, you're just not going to know. But we mm-hmm. like to share it so that you have some point of reference. Mm-hmm. If you haven't gone through that, when it does happen, you're like, oh, they were talking about that. Right. You're not losing your mind. It's you're actually not, happening. I'm not crazy. It's a thing yeah. that actually happens. That is a thing. Mm-hmm. That is a you thing. Know? So it's it's cool for me to be able to relate that to people, even when in the moment it might not feel <laughs> incredibly relatable, because I know at some point in time, you're going to come across something that mm-hmm. that strikes you like that and it's gonna you know it's just gonna pluck that correct cord yeah and you're gonna know in that moment oh wow that's what i'm experiencing and usually you know that at that point you have gotten to some very deep wounds mm-hmm. the last time that happened to me was on the 10 year anniversary anniversary of my mom's death i had been basically unaware that Every year in July, a march to her death would start for me physically. I could see it manifest out in my external world, but I was under the impression that what I was watching manifest was making me feel a certain way. And I didn't understand that what I was experiencing, I had already experienced in my body. I was just too disconnected to realize it. And so- 10 years after she died, it culminated in a freaking horrible, horrible few months of experience. I felt jettisoned by all my friends. I felt completely abandoned. I felt completely unsupported. I felt unheard. I felt unseen. And this all manifested not just as, hey, my friends have dropped off the face of the earth because they're all busy, 
that's kind of an obvious one. It manifested in, hey, you have to actually leave your house and go stay at a, a hotel in the at the hottest time of the year in order to have the house tented for termites. And I yeah. know you're asking, how does that tie in? Well, my house is the same house that I've lived in my entire life. It holds my family energy. And it's all I have left of my family. And my brain processed the idea of termites as threatening that mm -hmm. family bubble. And I didn't even realize at the time that when I was having the house tented was basically right around the anniversary of her death. I don't keep really I don't keep track of birthdays or anniversaries or things like that. It's just never been something that I've been good at. Uh, or I guess in truth cared to do. I, I don't care. Uh, but I keep a kind of, you know, loosey goosey sort of approach to it where mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, around this time, you know, such and such a thing happened. But I was so preoccupied with the terror of termites <laughs> and tenting um, and having to spend such a great amount of money to have the house tented. That's not a, a cheap fix, you know. And on top of that, having to move for a couple days into a hotel, which for some people, they'd approach it like, woohoo, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to take myself to the beach. I'm going to, I did not do that. I got a hotel that was basically in the parking lot of a mall. <laughs> I mean, I probably stayed at the friggin' crappiest place I could have possibly chosen to stay at. And to this day, when I look back on it, I'm like, why though? Why did you do it like that? Why didn't you just make it a happy occasion? It's because I wasn't happy. I couldn't hope to connect to happy. And I realized right before I was getting re ready to leave the uh, hotel room to go uh, basically back to the house because the tent was coming off, um, I realized in that moment that what I had been experiencing mimicked in energy but not visually or experientially the same march up to my mother's death. Because in July, that's when she decided she didn't want to do treatment anymore. And that's when she decided she wanted to do hospice. And everybody kind of has this uh, template view of what hospice is like where, oh, the person is quietly going to their rest and, you know, there's a nurse there to help you through it. So at least you've got that support. Well, hospice didn't go that way for us. It was horrible. And I ended up having to fire the hospice nurse who sucked and rush my mom to the hospital because she was having great pain and she was violently throwing up and they don't do IV in-house at hospice. So the medications she was on for pain were making her stomach very, very violently ill. But Oh gosh, this is so depressing. I'm sorry, guys, but the truth is, is that the cancer had swollen up all of her uh, her face and her throat. She wasn't. She was barely able to swallow, and so it was like it was a nightmare. It was a freaking nightmare. So the whole time through that experience, I was the gatekeeper. I was the mm. guardian. I was the caretaker. I was the everything, and I didn't have. I had some support. That's it's not true to say I didn't have support. I didn't I couldn't connect to the feeling of being supported because I had so much weight on my shoulders that I couldn't I I it I couldn't risk being vulnerable for even a moment because I didn't know if I would be able to put myself back together. Yeah. 
And that's the last time this happened to me. And of course, what I'm going through now is nothing. It's nowhere near that catastrophe level. You know, yeah. it's, it's not even close. But the physical reaction in my body says it is. Because, because the me that's coming mm-hmm. up is a baby. She was a little girl. She was a child who felt all of those things, who felt unsupported, who felt unseen, who felt like she had to diminish her voice in order to stay safe. Because if she was on the radar, they would get her. That's what she felt like. And that's what's mm-hmm. been coming up for me during this process. And it's never not going to suck. Sorry. And you're never going to be able to avoid it. You may be able to avoid it for some time, but you won't be able to avoid it forever. You're not meant to avoid avoid it for forever. It's not healthy to avoid it forever. And the message that came through really, like for once my guides were brief. (laughs) <laughs> with a message. I was expecting to write one sentence and then have a whole flood come through. And they were like, we realize you can't handle a lot right now. So let us just say the link to greater joy is found through your fear. The end. And I was like, are you sure? They're like, no, we're good. <laughs> just sit with that. And and what they were showing me was that in order to hold joy for a longer time, and connect more deeply to that joy because everybody thinks that joy comes in in I'm trying to sort of convey the visuals they're giving me in my head we think of get of of having joy we first of all we equate joy to happiness they're not the same thing Mm-mm. happiness is meant to be momentary happiness is fleeting it's meant to be fleeting it, it comes and goes happiness is a tool of contrast to show you what you're experiencing and where you're at joy is something that comes from within you it is constantly there and it's a question of whether or not you are connecting with it so stop thinking of joy as a gift the universe gives you in a package that is in that package means it's finite And start thinking of joy as a vibration that you hold deep within your soul, that all of these things that you're afraid to experience emotionally are blocking you from tuning into. Absolutely. 1000%. That was amazing. Who said that? Right? (laughs) Who said that? That was someone else because I didn't have all of that until I, they're, they're like, just, just say it on the show and we'll, we got you. And I'm like, Oh, this is nice. <laughs> Can we just right? switch to this? Instead of me having to write pages and pages of, of download, can we just switch to just say it on the show? That's, that's, I like that. <laughs> and um, you know what? That's what happens in Shift. That, that was another thing that I wanted to bring up as be aware that as you go through seasons like this, that for those of you who are actually connected with the gifts that you hold, that is also a huge part of the process is allowing those gifts to grow in ways that are very unexpected. And sometimes that means that like your ways of, of receiving information get really succinct or different. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're used to getting something really brief, now maybe it shifts to something more expansive so that you're getting a little more or you're seeing different layers of how that works. Mm-hmm. And if you're used to getting something that's, you know, really expansive, maybe they shorten that up for you and let you say, look, it doesn't always have to be this. It doesn't always have mm-hmm. to mean this. Sometimes it just means boom in the moment it comes to you because you're allowing it 
to come in that way. You're allowing yourself to receive in that way. And part of the evolution of your gifts as well, something that you need to pay attention to is, are you identifying too heavily with a story you've created of how your gifts will look once they manifest? Because I can tell you nothing will stop you from manifesting your gifts quicker than a story about how they're supposed to look. And I know that there are some of our listeners out there right now nodding their heads who are going through this because I've spoken to you. I see you. Yeah. But the point is, is that, you know, when people, especially when people are first starting out, but it happens with people who've been on the path a long time too, they start to identify as how they receive their information. Mm -hmm. And once that happens, your ego grabs onto, it must appear this way because this is how I, the ego, works. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're not meant to work one way for your entire life. There might be overarching themes, but within that, you as a human being are meant to evolve. You have to stop thinking of, I'm going to get a gift from my guides like a birthday present. I'm going to unwrap that box and therein lies the gift. That's not what yeah. it looks like. Everything is wavelength. Everything is liquid. Everything is flowing. And the more you can step into flowing like that instead of being a, a sentinel awaiting a parcel, you become this wavelength. And that wavelength is going to shift because that's the nature of wavelengths. That's yeah. the nature of energy. That's the nature of frequency. That's the nature of vibration, which is when you start stepping into this spiritual realm, all you are experiencing, every emotion you are experiencing is a wavelength. Everything is meant to ebb and flow. Why would your gifts stay the same? Now, there are certain aspects of your soul that are tuned in to receiving certain things in certain ways. That's okay. But like, for instance, uh, was it the beginning of this year or the beginning of last year? I can't remember because time is stupid. But at the beginning of the year, my guides gave me a message that said, hey, you need to start writing down our downloads. And I was like, that's a pain in the butt. I don't really want to. And they're like, but it's, we insist. And I'm like, but I don't even have a notebook. They're like, go get a notebook. I'm like, but I don't want to go outside and get a notebook. And they're like, order a notebook. And I was like, but they're, none of them are pretty. I mean, I really, I really am a brat. Oh, my excuses. <laughs> I mean, if there's an excuse, I will find it in it. And I know consciously at the time it's a lame excuse, but it really is just my way of saying that sounds lame and I don't want to do it. And I'm openly a brat with my guides. I don't. I don't treat them like the church teaches you to treat God. You know, there's no reverence. I'm not on my knees. I'm not praying. I am being just as much of a brat to them as I am to you because that is my authentic self. I am a brat. Anyway, I did end up, because they wouldn't shut up, getting notebooks. And I have faithfully written down every single download since then. Maybe I missed a couple that I didn't, because sometimes I don't realize they're downloads. <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. I just think it's me thinking. <laughs> and um, But for the most part, I've written down every download. And that 
the reason for that is not so I could remember them because up until that point, I was like, okay, if this is important, you'll bring it back to me when I need it. And they always did, which is Mm -hmm. part of the reason I thought, why do I have to write this down? You bring it back to me anyway. And they're like, you have to write it down. So the reason I had to write it down was so that I could then start to really see the work that I was doing, the information Mm -hmm. that I was receiving so that I can start to become more conscious and more aware of the depth of information I was receiving so I could start to appreciate that they're not just telling me this for me, they're telling me this so I can tell you. And if I hadn't started writing it down, I don't think I would have truly grasped the gravity of how much has come through. Well, and furthermore, I would say that that's also an accomplishment. And you were probably not used to seeing it in that way. Right. But if you can see it physically, look at all of this stuff that like, this is Mm -hmm. real work that I've been doing Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And if you can physically see that in front of you, hey, this is an accomplishment. You're not just, you're not not doing anything. (laughs) You're doing something. And here it is in the physical form. In the physical and by the form. way, yeah. And by the way, a, a quick, a quick note, possibly quick note. Um, we just started a Patreon, and we are starting to figure out what we want to offer you, what would be beneficial to you, mm-hmm. what would be possible for us to maintain. And one of the ideas that I have is converting my very large collection of spiritual downloads into a readable version for Patreon members. So if that's something you'd like to see on our Patreon, let us know. You can email us. You can um, catch us on Instagram and comment. Mm-hmm. Um, any other ways? Comment, DM. Uh, you can catch us on our link tree and that'll send you to various ways that you can get a hold of us if you don't uh, do the Instagram thing. Or you can just right. go directly to Patreon. And I think oh, there's a yeah. button to... <laughs> to and it's it'll just be patreon backslash using your inside voice or forward slash forward slash i think using your inside voice however it is that that works there's a there's a link in our link tree there is a link in the link tree that's probably the easiest way to do it we'll figure out a way to get there or or just (laughs) using your using your in using our (laughs) keep saying your it's using our inside voice (laughs) At gmail.com, it, you know, everybody does e- email. So you can you can catch us that way. Or, you know, again, if you follow us on Instagram, it's super easy. You can either click the email button and it will open up an email for you. Or yeah. you can click that link in the bio, which is our link tree, which will give you the links to all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, again, pretty easy. Uh, yeah. Or if you're already fluent in Patreon, you can do the patreon.com slash using our inside voice. All one word. We know the name of our show. We do. We do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. We, we really love a, uh, anytime we have the ability to take something that's familiar and put our own twist on it that is still familiar and yet slightly campy, we, we we will go for that in a hot second mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. what we like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
using something familiar, like using your inside voice. The problem is it's super familiar to use that term. So <laughs> we catch ourselves doing it all the time. But Stop it is, putting it in my head. Yeah. Using our, <laughs> our inside voice as in yeah. you and I. Yeah, that's um yeah, so that's a fun new venture for us that kind of grew out of transitioning over to Zencaster as a hosting platform which we are still doing. Um still kind of in the middle of uh, the whole process will take a couple weeks. So, you know, if you're if you're still listening on Podbean, um you won't see new episodes showing up there, but you will be able to access the episodes still through other platforms through Podbean and you'll still be able to see our um our webpage for the time being but anything that was on the webpage or the insights page is being transitioned over into Patreon and Heather's already started that process so thank you mhm mhm um, well because our goal our goal is to really um open up a space for community to grow. Yeah. I don't think you can have too many communities. I don't think you can Mm -hmm. have too many um, characters. I don't think you can have too many influences or flavors. And I'm really excited about opening up a community with the flavor of using our inside voice, with humor, with a a play forward thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of spiritual groups are amazing and great, but I don't know any of them that focus on the energy of how to play with this process. It's all very serious or it's very um, woo-woo or it's very – they have a slant. They have – and that works for them. And it's it's a great flavor to add to your diet, but – really here it's about playfulness. It's about learning and remembering to stay playful, even when you are being asked to do something that is terrifying. Whatever you're facing that is terrifying, know that. And I know it's really hard to keep believing this when you feel consistently challenged and threatened. But know that whatever you're being asked to, to go through, while you do not have to enjoy it, it is a higher version of you who has decided to play with that energy. The higher self doesn't take this life thing anywhere near as seriously as we do. And it's easy for the higher self who's not embodied going through whatever the trials and tribulations may be, if it's physical pain, if it's emotional pain, if it's any kind of trauma, the higher self is like, oh, wow, look at that. Look at what happens when, you know, it, it feels like I'm being watched in a Nat Geo special. It's like a watch morbid Heather curiosity. Her, <laughs> watch Heather in her natural habitat as she goes through PTSD. Let's see what happens. You know, and it, it almost, it feels like a cruel joke at times, but it, it really is. I honestly believe it's a joke we are playing on ourselves. And I try to keep a balance between Yes, what I'm going through is very real to me and it is horrifying and I don't want to do it and fuck you. And also knowing that there's another aspect of me that's a much larger aspect who has sunk many different tendrils of energy into many points in this timeline to see what it's all about. Let's see what it looks like, you know? And that's exactly... As I'm thinking of it, that's exactly what 
the process I've been going through for the past few weeks was there was mm-hmm. a, a a certain higher self, which was actually my inner child, but there was a energy that said, ooh, that looks like fun. You want to do that. And I was like, yay, let's go do – wait, what? No, I don't want to – no, I don't want to do that. I don't, you signed me up for what? Who I don't, said? I have to report where? I have to be where when? I have to do what? You mean I have to walk? I, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't sign up for walking. Literally signed up for walking. Um, and so there, these battling aspects appeared almost instantly. Almost instantly. Like I, my joy of, of wanting to do this uh, was embattled within <laughs> Jamie is losing her. Shit! What's happening? Because all I can hear, all I can hear is vertical running, no vertical running in my head. Rebel Wilson from from Pitch Perfect going, no, 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 don't sign me up for that. I'm not doing that. Right? I'm not doing that. I didn't sign up for cardio. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the challenge happened almost immediately. The joy, uh, the the joy and inspiration that sparked this adventure. Um, had to take a backseat to all of my ego's fears and uh, horror stories. And believe me, as I experienced the process, they were there were so many stories. There were stories about everything, stories about my car's not going to work, stories about I'm going to get stuck in traffic and I'm going to be late, stories about I'm going to fall on my face and fail, stories about name it. And I had a story pop up about it in the days – leading up to my first time working. And the first time working was exactly what the guide said it would be. I was completely cradled and supported by a beautiful group of humans who were there to have a good time. Mm -hmm. And the part of me that was there to have a good time with them who found it exciting stepped forward. And the part of me that had been telling all the stories about how horrible it could be stepped back. There was that switch and all the words started falling out of my face and I was able to take in the experience of people's changing facial expressions, their beautiful sense of humor about things, their sense of wonderment, their gasps of surprise. And each time it happened, it was like a little gift that was coming to me as a reward for Dude. what I was stepped into. Why did you have to cry? I was doing fine. <laughs> Dude, I freaking felt that because that's something that's something that we've had a hard time with for a very, very, very long time because we mm-hmm. are so used to being in a position where even though we are putting ourselves out there in some way, either through what we create or through, um, you know, some form of art or like we're doing this, it is still very difficult when you're engaging in something where you're putting yourself out there, but you're not necessarily receiving anything in return that is like immediate and tangible like Mm -hmm. you know for the podcast you kind of see it through in a very technical 
way through analytics, which is not really giving you anything. Let's be honest. No, that's um, nothing of substance. That's that's nothing of substance. That that's <laughs> that not, is the hard tack of substance. <laughs> yeah, that's you know that's the bare the bare minimum, and it mm-hmm. it it really doesn't. It's really not fulfilling. But no. you know, we we spent a long time in the earlier projects that we did together just being in a space where you kind of had to resign yourself to knowing that you were probably not going to get any accolades or immediate um, feedback on your, on your contributions that wasn't heavily distorted. And Mm -hmm. this is a beautiful way I'm so happy for you. This is a beautiful way of getting that instant connection, that Mm -hmm. instant knowing that people are connecting with you, that you're enjoying that space together, that you're, that you're in that same frequency together, that you're riding that wave together. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think all of us need to experience more of in whatever whatever ways we can find it and that might be in 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 person or it might be through you know something like a community chat where you're all Mm -hmm. real time talking to each other and able to get something out of it or or even like you know some sort of video conferencing where you can see faces or at least hear um hear other voices or, you know, see messages being typed at in real time. And and if I think about like other things that I'm, other things that I'm involved in, um, you know, like we were talking about how easy it is for me to connect with certain aspects of like connecting with my guides and feeling really like at one with all of the things that I am able to connect with and bring into a space when I'm doing in-person sound baths. And that is exactly what that is doing. That like next level of really feeling good is being able to connect with the other energy in that room and feel that you know hey people are relaxed right now and they're doing their own connecting and that's amazing and being really grateful for that moment of of connection like that and um you know and other groups that i'm a part of um i i do energetic and healing work but i also like being parts of groups where that corn that type of energy is is happening in different ways and being able to do meetups even if it's online you know to kind of sit in that energy with another group of people and i think yeah that's really something that that we want to connect with and build with this podcast is um really just being able to give people a a safe open place to explore things and you know there is no stupid question there is no wrong way to approach something that is a difficult thing to approach you know people have questions and have a hard time figuring out like how they're supposed to be how they're supposed to act it's it's such a weird 
it can be such a weird community overall, the spiritual community when you when you stop to think about it. And especially because it's kind of hit a pocket of being trendy now Mm -hmm. that as people are starting to find it, you know, it's like, well, can I be spiritual if I don't like yoga? Can I be spiritual if I'm not (laughs) vegan? Can I be spiritual if, you know, if I like to cuss like a sailor? You know, if I like to cuss like a sailor and go to theme parks, uh, like, you know, it's (laughs) like, yes, all of the above. Um, Yeah. And, and we want, we just want to make it comfortable. We just want to make it comfortable so you can actually relax into it and have an opportunity to, again, connect with that side of play and, and exploration and see things in, you know, through a lens of wonderment, like you would when Mm -hmm. you're a kid and -hmm. you're exploring something new and you're trying to figure it out and see how it works. And I think, I think we expect that there's probably going to be more people who are already familiar with, with what we're talking about that will find us because that's just the nature of things and keywords and hashtags and all that business. But at the same time, I also help, I also hope that people who are just starting to dip their toe into this world and are trying to sort those things out have the opportunity to find us as well because i think it's a nice place to um to explore that without feeling like you're not doing it right because there is no way for you to not do do it wrong right or (laughs) you can't do do it it wrong. wrong yeah um you know as long as you're being true to yourself yeah and and not trying to make yourself look like somebody else's version of whatever it means to be spiritual or spiritually awakened or be going through an awakening or to be going through an ascension. I I mean, these are all some, some pretty lofty words and terms that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. It's just a way to try to convey a really tough place that, I think most of us, even on an unconscious level, are are trying to navigate. Um, well, and the truth is, you can't not be navigating it. You can be unaware yeah. that you're na- that's you what nav- you're navigating, uh, yeah. but you can't not be navigating this because this is what the energy is right now. This is what is called for right now. And the only difference between us talking about the woo and the people who don't really resonate with the woo is frequency like you just because you're not tuned in yeah you're not tuned into it doesn't mean the radio station went away you hit a different button you're going to go back to that radio station it's still going to be there and that's what this is it's just a frequency that we've got funny it's funny because i actually have a um i have an appointment with a with a client coming up who is very much a skeptic and very much you know and I really, we, we had a conversation the other day and I really, really enjoyed that conversation because I got the opportunity to say, you know, whether you believe in anything I do or not seriously does not affect me. <laughs> I, I'm basing what I do off of my experiences and you not having had those experiences yet doesn't take that away from me at all. And I had, I was so grateful 
in that moment for just that realization because I don't know that I have been actively aware that I felt that way. You know, like, yes, I felt that way, but I hadn't acknowledged it like out loud to other people <laughs> and myself. And it was right. like, yeah, well, that's, it is, I'm like, is that how I feel? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Check in moment. That, is that how I feel? It is how I feel. It is how I feel. It really doesn't Look matter. Me, bro. <laughs> no skin off my nose, buddy. It's like if, if it doesn't <laughs> if it doesn't work for you, then it, it I just know that it's not working for you right now. Mm-hmm. And you may never get to a place where it works for you, or you may get to a place that works for you. Yeah. Either of those things work for me because that's not my mm-hmm. path. As long as I'm still being true to myself and I'm still honoring all of those things within me, it doesn't matter what you do. You're over, you know, you have dominion over that. That's part of your free will to to deal with whether you're ready to deal with that right now or not in this lifetime or not. Um, but just the fact that it was exciting for me to come across someone that was open to exploring that. And was willing to say out loud, I'm, I'm not sure about any of this, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And then on the same side was, um, you know, happy to hear me say, I, I can't tell you for certain if this is going to work for you or not, because a lot of that is really up to you. I know from my end what happens. And I know what Mm -hmm. I'm capable of doing and what that looks like. I kind of take that and then I hand it back to you and say, well, what do you want to do with that? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the thing about healing work. It's like you can go to a healer, but if you're going to a healer with the expectation that they are going to heal you, you're going to be surprised because it means that the intention for that session is already set. And the intention for that session, little do you know, is to show you that the only person who can heal you is you. Mm -hmm. That healer is not going to be able to heal you because what a healer does is reflect back to you where your work lies. And they do it through various ways. And if you are willing to release things, then a healer can help you and aid you with that release work. But it has to come from you. Yeah. All of it's rooted from you. And the thing that's difficult to understand is that just because you have a conscious mind intention to let everything go, your conscious mind intention is to let everything go because it feels bad and you don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. Your higher self's intention is we can't let that go because you haven't yet felt it. So if you're going to a healer with the intention to let everything go because you feel like shit, be ready for whatever's making you feel like shit to be amplified mm-hmm. so that you can then do the work to feel it, which is the only way to actually let it go. You know, we're we're sitting here with the magnifying glass over the ant going, Yeah. You feel that? <laughs> yeah. You feel that? Are you aware of that? Does that hurt? Okay, let you it feel go. That now? Okay. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Why didn't you cry about it? Why don't, why don't you cry about it? Go ahead, cry about it. <laughs> like really, no, really cry about it. Please, please, please cry about it. You need to cry about this <laughs> or you need to get angry about this or you need to release whatever emotion this makes you feel because that's the actual release. Yeah. Or, or you just need to look at it. 
you need to stare it in the face and and mm-hmm. and feel demystify it through it demystify it um you know acknowledge that it exists yeah acknowledge that it's a thing that you went through or that it's a thing that you're feeling or that it's a way that you interpreted a thing or that it's a perspective that that you were in the process of shifting it's you know and it's like and we work on we work with people in very different ways heather is um a a regressionist she works with past life regression and so she is and counseling and counseling counseling. Mm -hmm. you know and and you're working in a very interesting way i'm working a lot with um sound and frequency and tools of that nature and there are so many different ways that you can go about exploring all of those things that are starting to come up for you, especially in this season. You know, it's like if it's all starting to come up and you're like, I don't know what to do with any of it. This is a great time to kind of sit with, well, what would feel good? What would what would be interesting to me? Like, what would I find fascinating Mm-hmm. What would I like to learn about myself and how would I like to learn that? Mm-hmm. Um, how would I like to experience questions. that? Yeah. Yeah. Investigate yourself. It's it's a quick and easy tool. And when, particularly when you hit on an answer that you feel in your heart or your solar plexus, for instance, it gives you butterflies and makes you nervous um, or you, you get kind of like a lump in your throat, that's where you know you need to go. Mm-hmm. That that's the thing that's calling you right now. That's where the discomfort is coming from. And you have to step through those fears and take the journey because once you step into a fear, you are in a long, long hallway and it feels very constrictive and tight and dark and you're not sure where the trip hazards are and you're not sure where the end is and you're not sure if there are doors and if there are doors, should I open them? Should I not open them? It is a very unsettling to be in a fear hallway. Mm -hmm. But that is the way to your joy. You go through that hallway, it is no longer blocking your connection to the frequency of joy that resides within you. Yeah. How amazing is that thought that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a reward waiting for me, not a reward that will be given to me because I was a good girl or boy and I did the work, a reward that is already mine for the taking that I just can't quite grasp yet. There are doors that you don't know about yet. There are doors yeah, that you haven't seen yet. Like the second you say that, I'm like, oh, shut up. I just went through it. I don't want to go through another door. Don't make me go through another door. You know, I know there are doors, but I, I don't want to, I don't even, I'm in a place personally where I don't even want to think about another door. Thank you very much. <laughs> I just want to get comfortable <laughs> with the space I just land and landed in. I, <laughs> I need some time to decompress. I feel um, I am suffering a PTSD hangover. So the second you said there are doors you don't even know about, I was like, shut your face. Just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> don't speak anymore. But both I get excited exist. about that. Sure, because you're not in a tunnel. I wouldn't say I'm not in a tunnel, but I... Well, you're not in, you're not in like total PTSD mode. Well, we're just not in the same tunnel. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I take a nice neat inventory of all my doors and then I create what's behind them. And for me... such a Virgo? 
because that's my <laughs> rising sign. Virgo. Oh my God. Because that's my rising sign. That's what <laughs> wants to bubble up. And yeah. it's hilarious. But, you know, but for me, the thought of, hey, there are doors that you haven't explored yet means, oh, whew, good. That means that there are well, sure. like, and when, cool when I'm in a good place, out there. right. And when I'm in a good place, that's what that means too. But mm-hmm. when I'm in a precarious or feel I'm in a precarious place, it means the opposite. So it really just comes into a shift in interpretation and perspective as all things do. That's the only thing that you have control over. That's the only thing that you can change in your life. But knowing that when you're in the depths of it, mm, not too helpful. You just kind of have to trust that that's nature, that that's reality. And that takes some time to get there. But they do coexist. These seemingly opposite points of view coexist. They're just, we haven't gotten used to yet seeing the entire spectrum that links them together. We're used to seeing the very strong contrast, but there is a connective tissue between those two things. And this process is about learning to really get connected with that connective tissue, if that makes sense. It's really learning to see the in-between. And again, I think that's what's so beautiful about the two of us is that we can be on the page, the same page about something, but at the same time, we have, we're seeing it from a completely different angle. So absolutely I think, different and differing perspectives. So I think, you know, no matter what you have going on out there, Uh, I hope that between the two of us, we can give you some deeper insights that are going to help you through those things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have questions about things like, you know, what, what to try, we're here for that. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've, we've been through. Get the conversation going. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. We're, we're all about it. And, and we really do want to open that up to y'all. So if you have questions about different types of modalities and you know and what can I do and what can I try please please um send them on over to us don't don't feel afraid to to pick our brains because Mm -hmm. we um we are a wealth of information and we are happy to pass that information along Mm -hmm. and the best way that we can so sometimes yeah. that's through the podcast, sometimes that's through insights. Uh, more will be evolving through Patreon, and we hope that you all are going to be down for uh, just diving in with us because that's where mm-hmm. the fun is, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That is totally where the fun is. Well, what do you think? Have we done the thing? Oh, yeah, we've way done the thing. All right. Well, our mission is to empower you, and if you, if you have enjoyed the show, please comment, please subscribe, and share. Help us appease the algorithmic gods, because it empowers us to empower others. And if you would like to stay up to date with our insights, our downloads, and upcoming shows, check us out on Instagram by searching using our inside voice, all one word. And until next time, this is Jamie. And this is Heather. And we are using our outside voice to say, stay safe, stay sovereign, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone.